While we're doing that, we're wrapping this up. You know what? I took a week off. I was at the beach for five days. Yep, that's what we do for Christmas. It's always in January. So Pam and I just got back uh, late Friday night, and uh, I, I asked Pastor Kevin, if can, I said, can you just cover for me? I really could just not, I could use a rest. I'd like a, to just not prepare. And he said, I got you, man. I got your back. And so Pastor Kevin is here this morning to share the word with us. Would you welcome him and say, wow, we're wow. glad you're part of our team. That's great. Hey, good morning. Hey, thank you. That's a tough subject, isn't it? Especially in light of what we see on the news. Do we have anybody that watches the news? Okay. Just curious. I can watch it for about 30 seconds, maybe. I can watch it for a few minutes, but then I just like, my heart just gets too heavy. Uh, and it's just really difficult. And um, there's a guy that I listen to, uh, Matt Chandler. He's a pastor down in uh, Phyllis Church in Dallas area. They have about five campuses. And, you know, in light of what's going on, and, and Sue uh, Lillenberg started this ministry of Healing Hearts and um, just way back in the day. And it's just what's going on right now. Matt came up with this, he just quoted, and you know, you read stuff online, like, well, is it really, did he really say that? But he actually did. Uh, he says, as the church, we must not say of abortion, this is murder, without saying to the pregnant woman, we will serve you. Yeah. You guys grasp that? If we are doing the former without the latter, we aren't truly understanding the gospel. We must listen, we must love, we must foster, we must, we must adopt, we must give money, we must babysit, and we must donate supplies. Mentor young women and support them in whatever ways God has equipped us. We just can't point fingers and judge. We have to extend arms and embrace. Amen? Amen. And I was just thinking some of us this morning might be um, struggling here this morning. This, ver this verse in Psalm 147 says that he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. He bandages us and he, he takes care of us. And uh, before we jump into the message this morning, I was just thinking there's um, some of us this morning that I just believe that Jesus wants to touch and he wants to minister to you even before the word is brought out this morning. And he wants to heal your broken heart this morning. And he wants to bandage and he wants to bind up those places that are hurt. And so healing can begin and, and that process can start. And so I just want to invite you to close your eyes with me for a moment. And if you this morning just say, Jesus, that's me. That's me. And I just need my broken heart to be mended. I need my, those places in my life where I'm hurting, I need them to be bandaged and so I can heal. If that's you this morning, I just invite you, would you just lift your hands to the Lord as we pray. God, I thank you that healing is a process. Healing to wholeness. 
is a miraculous process. And God, we pray for your touch this morning, for those whose hands are raised and for those who didn't even have the strength to raise their hands, but our heart, their hearts are hurting today. God, as we sing this morning, would you do what only you can do? Only you can do the healing. Only you can embrace. Only you can restore. And then God, fill us with your spirit to live this life. Do the things that you're calling us to do, to make the radical adjustments if we need to make radical adjustments. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I encourage you to visit uh, the Healing Hearts booth um, at the end of the service and get a free chocolate. (laughs) Very, very cute, Healing Hearts. I love that. I'm going to keep this for myself. We're going to talk fruit this morning. We're talking fruit. We're in Galatians chapter 5 today. And uh, when Alex uh, said, hey, can you, can you share uh, on the 27th? And I said, sure. And he said, yeah, you'll be sharing right after Healing Hearts. And I'm like, wow. That, okay. I already said yes, so I can't say no. Thank you, Jordan. You're welcome. So we're talking fruit. Look at this. I like it. So don't mind me if I just start snacking. <laughs> Anybody like fruit? Okay. Anybody not like fruit? Really? All of you guys? Oh, I, I have? Okay, cool. <laughs> I like fruit. Anybody have a fruit basket on their counter at home? By a show of hands. Okay, yes? All right, now I'm going to ask you a serious question. Anybody at home, I got to come down here and be real close because I want to see the, see the real. Anybody of you at home have a fake fruit basket on your counter? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm talking plastic, styrofoam, ceramic. Anybody? <clears throat> Was not expecting that one, but yes. <laughs> Crochet, yeah. Yeah, you know, fake fruit baskets, like from afar, they look pretty cool, right? Up close, they're just weird. (laughs) Just weird. I grew up uh, in a great home. Um, I have to say that because my parents are all here this morning. And, um, but I do, I grew up in a great home and we're very close to our our relatives, our family. And uh, I have an Aunt Betty uh, and she lived, uh, lived down on the river. Yes, it's, if you listen to my message back in October when I talked about uh, WWJD, I mentioned Aunt Betty in that message. She was the one where I threw the firecracker under the hood of her car, and it blew up, and I thought I burned the spot, the whole, the spot, the paint, and she just totally just played with me, and I didn't, um, but because they had an engine fire, so that's the same Aunt Betty, um, and I would go to her house. They had a house right on the river, Cedar River, and it was just a blast. I really look forward to it. But there are some really, there's some really creepy things about her house. Okay. Um, and I would have to spend the night once in a while 
um, and they would put me upstairs down the hall above the garage, and so nobody else lived in that side of the house, in her doll room. So I'm just going to ask you to pray for me for a moment. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, that was the, and I, I'm, you know, it was just the creepiest room. About 30 dolls all stacked up on this one, all these dressers around the room. So every, everywhere you open your eyes, <clears throat> you see where I'm at. Okay, so that's the house, so that's just the room. And then downstairs, you know, um, right on the counter, this huge, I mean, like twice the size of this, fruit basket. So when you first go in and you're a kid, you're like, oh, this is awesome. And you walk over there and then you realize, hey, wait a minute, I'm getting ripped off here. This is fake. The grapes were like rubbery, so you could like squeeze them. And the pear was uh, like styrofoam. And um, I always want to just take a bite out of it and just stick it back there. Okay. Yeah, and so fake fruit. Looks good from afar, but up close it's just weird. And I think how we apply that to us is sometimes we can look really good from afar. But up close, it's just a little weird. And I really want to talk to us this morning and talk to myself. You know, when pastors prepare messages, the Lord is just speaking to us, and we're just sharing with you what he's speaking to us. Am I right, Pastor? Am I right, Pastor? Um, and so this is what he is telling me. And so he says, Kevin, I want you to be real, because I give you real fruit. I give you the real deal. It doesn't always look perfect, right, in our eyes, but it's good for us. So we're going to talk about fruit this morning, and we're in Galatians chapter 5. The church of Galatia was, uh, was a great church, and it's just like any church. It was perfect, right? And um, they had their struggles, and it's a, it's a really cool book. It's, you know, you read, you read through the epistles that, that Paul was writing, and, and so there's some similarities. Um, but in Galatians, towards the end of the chapter, he talks about fruit. But what got us to that part? What, what got us to that place? And Paul says... You guys were doing so good. <laughs> Have you ever had somebody come to you and say, man, you were doing so good. <laughs> then you just wait for, okay, so now what am I doing now? Because if I was doing so good, what am I doing now that's not so good, right? And what was happening in this church is there's bad teaching going on. There's false teaching going on. Meaning, this group of people had come into the church and they were saying that Jesus wasn't enough. It was Jesus plus. So you had to receive Jesus into your life, but you also had to do this. Okay, in this case, they were talking about circumcision. We're not going to talk about circumcision this morning. Okay? Thank you. Yeah. <clears throat> and other things, right, in this, in this book. And so they were saying, okay, I received Jesus into my life, but now I need this list because if I can do it, then I earn it. And there's a problem there. Because if we can do it and earn it, if we can buy it, if we can borrow it, 
Well, my mom and dad are Christians, so I think I'm a Christian. I'm, I can't borrow their faith. Well, I'm born in America. I'm a Christian. I can't borrow my faith. I can't buy it. I can't, I can't pay for it. I can't earn it. Because it's what? It's free. It's a gift. What we have to do is we have to receive it. And that's it. We receive the gift of salvation, and then he, he takes care of the rest. He doesn't give us, he doesn't say, now you have to do this. He says, follow me, and I'm going to pour into you and give you everything that you need. I'm going to give you everything you need. And that's what's going on here in Galatians. And he, he gets towards the very end. And he says, but the fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> and so whenever you're reading the scriptures, I love it. Um, you have to say, like, the Bible was written, God breathed, God ordained. Amen? Amen. Okay? The chapters and the numbers, the verses, were put in by us to make it easier for us to find, strategically find things. And so in this case, so it kind of starts right in the middle of a thought, because Paul is reminding us, I'm just going to say us, and not just the Galatians, because sometimes it's easy to remove ourselves and say, oh yeah, they were, whoo, that group over there. But it's really Rentonians, <laughs> chapter 5, okay? And if I could know some of your cities, I could say that about our, your city as well that we were messed up. And if you read that list before, go ahead and read it sometime. You just read that list and like, ooh. Yeah. No wonder Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted and to bandage us up because we were just in a really bad place. Spiritually lost. And when we're spiritually lost, we become really selfish and it's just all about us, and then, then we just damage, just damage everywhere. And that's what's going on in the Galatian church. That had kind of filtered in. And they, they didn't have the song, You Say. By the way, Liberty, great job. Thank you. It's awesome. They didn't have that song, but they had Jesus speaking to their hearts through the Holy Spirit. Amen. And this is what Paul, when they, he writes this letter, he said, yeah, you were this. And when you're not, if you're not careful, it's easy to slide back into those places. Because as we know, once we're saved, it's, life is perfect. <laughs> just, just sit there with our fruit basket, right? No. I would, I would even argue that once we're saved, it's even harder and I think this is why, because we still have a little bit of our old self. Some of those desires, some of those temptations, some of those struggles. But now we add Jesus, and we're, it's like we're being split in half. We're being pulled apart because of our old stuff, and now we have this new, new mind, new spirit, new eyes to see, a new heart to feel and experience what God's doing around us, and it's, 
like tears us, tears us up. And so he says, hey, I want to remind you that I've given you everything that you need. That when you follow me, Jesus says, I give you everything you need. And so Paul practically says, well, this is some of the stuff that he gives us. In Galatians chapter 5, I almost said Rentontonians, chapter 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is this. It's love. It's joy. It's peace. It's patience. It's kindness. It's goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. Self-control. Against such things, there is no law. That's good news. But there's a, there's a misnomer. There's a, even a false thing that happens even in the church that we think that, okay, so God, you give me some of those. I, yeah, I can recognize. I can identify with some of those. But I'm definitely not the patient pineapple, right? I mean, patience, like, is nowhere to be seen. Okay? I may have love. I may have a little joy. So love, the lemon. I might have a little Johnny Gold Apple in me. Hey, Jay was really hard to find a fruit with Jay. Okay, I couldn't find jackfruit. That's the only thing that, anyways. Johnny Gold Apple, joy. I might have a little Johnny Gold Apple. I might have a little lemon. But there's nowhere pear is found, which would be peace. I mean, some of you experience just incredible, you know, you know you're loved, you have this joy, but you don't have peace. But here's the thing. What Paul is saying here is it's not a buffet that God gives us that we walk past and we just pick and choose. What Paul is saying is this whole plate is yours. Every bit of this has been given to you. And so, can I step on your toes for a sec? Sure. Okay. Someone stepped on my toes this morning already. Literally. Okay. No. She said sorry. Andrea gave me a hug and she stepped right on top of my foot. My brand new shoes. Okay. So she stepped on my toes. She just started it. It's Andrea's fault. So I'm going to step on our toes. I think we make excuses about our behavior. And we just say, well, yeah, I'm not patient. And that's just because that's who I am. Church, that is not an excuse. If you're not patient with people... That's on you because you've been given it. It's the biggest thing on this plate. Can you imagine if we're patient with people? What would that do if you were patient with people? And I guess I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit because the gifts of the Spirit aren't just given to us so we can just lay on the couch with someone fanning us and (laughs) popping goodness grapes into our mouth, right? But the gifts of the Spirit are given to us For us, yes, because I think every single one of us needs to know we're loved, and every single one of us needs joy. I'm not talking about happiness. I'm talking about real joy in spite of the worst circumstances that life can throw at you. Somehow there's just still joy inside. Peace, patience. 
We need all those. Kindness, goodness, yes, we need all those ourselves. But how much more are the people around us need these things, right? How much would it be different in our community, in our families, if we lived this? I think it would be different. I'm convicted. I'm not condemned. Because the Bible says there's no condemnation for those of us that follow Jesus. There's no condemnation, but he does say there's conviction. And what conviction brings for me is confession. So confession is just saying, God, I'm sorry. You've given me this. And I've eaten little bits of it. I received some of it but I've rejected the other ones. I'll say one of the things that get us the most in trouble, and I've known this verse for a long time. This is one of those where the Bible says that I've hidden your word in my heart so I might not sin, I might not act out against you, God. This is one of those verses that I've memorized because it just reminds me that I have all of these things. But if you look at that list, there's one that kind of stands out. And you're like, hmm, I don't know if that one actually goes on that list. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Yes, I receive all of those. (laughs) I will take all of those, and we walk right past self-control. In our society, self-control. Ouch. which gets us into a lot of trouble. And if you look at Galatians chapter five, you'll see the trouble that it gets us in when we don't have self-control. And so I picked out for self-control because self-control is unique, it's rare. It's much like this fruit. Anybody know what this is? Yeah. It's a star fruit. Almost looks fake. It does, it's kind of plasticky. Um, the texture is kind of like, like, kind of like a. Oh, it's kind of citrusy. It's almost, it's almost like an apricot type thing. Okay, it's um, it's very unique, and that's why I just felt like we need to talk about star fruit a little bit this morning. Self control is a big thing, and it's not something that. We haven't been given because right here, this is what the word says. With that whole list, he says we've been given self-control. We've been given self-control. So what what do we do when self-control is not always working? So let me say this. Temptation is not sin. I've talked to many people recently and they, they just say, I keep apologizing to God for my temptation. Temptation is not sin. You know how we know that? Because Jesus was tempted. The Bible says that Jesus was tempted in every way. I think I've been tempted in about 0.1%. Jesus was tempted in every way, but yet did not what? He didn't sin. So temptation is not sin. Temptation is the door 
to sin. And so it's what we do as we walk through that door. Here's another great verse that I've, I hang on to because it's so true. And I think if we step back and look, you're like, you know what? It's absolutely right. It says, no temptation. This is Paul writing again. No temptation has, been, has overtaken you or me except for what is common to mankind, meaning that there's nothing new under the sun. Everybody's being tempted. We have an enemy. He, he wants to take as many people down with him as possible because he knows his time is limited. So there's nothing new. So don't feel like, well, I'm the only one dealing with this issue. You're human. So don't feel condemned. And maybe some of us just need to confess this morning. Okay? And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. I will just stop and say, God really thinks highly of us because sometimes you just feel like, wow, I'm way past my limit here, God. But this is what he's saying. This is what God is saying to us. Hey, I'm not gonna allow you to be tempted with more you can handle. I've given you the ability to handle it is what the Bible is saying. Now, it may be rare. It may be rare, but I have given you the ability to handle it. He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So I think, you know, as we're just going down this like massive freeway of life and these temptations are flying our way, right before we decide, yes, I'm gonna grab onto that thing, he gives us this little off-ramp. And so what I've prayed before is like, Lord, just slow it down a little bit so I can see that off-ramp. So I, so I can take it. And I think if we're really honest with ourselves, when we're doing something and we know, and we just know that it's wrong. Now, sometimes we do stuff we don't realize it's wrong. That's another sermon. That's up to Alex. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I'm talking about like when you're doing something, and I'm not going to put labels today, but, and you just know, you're just getting ready to step into it, look at it, see it, act it out, and you just have this, I probably shouldn't. I probably should should just stop. That's the Holy Spirit saying, you can endure this. Walk away from it. Walk away from it because I have given you everything you need. You don't need this other stuff. To bring you what we think would be joy, what we think would, would bring us goodness, and what it brings us is usually just death, right? Condemnation, which is horrible. Another one of my verses, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is John writing to the church. Okay, so what happens when my self-control, when I lose that battle and I step into that door of sin? I've already said it a couple times this morning. I want to say it again. In Christ, for those of us that are walking with Jesus, he says there's no condemnation because Jesus has already paid the price for our sin. 
Jesus is not coming back to die on the cross again. The Bible says that he did it once, and he did it for all. But what happens when we do cross that line? God is faithful and he's just. He's just because Jesus died on the cross for us, and so Jesus paid that penalty. That's the justness of God. But he's faithful, and he does what? He forgives us. And he also does what? He purifies us from the things that we did wrong. That means he gives us a fresh start. He gives us a fresh start. We have them all. We have love. We have joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's a two-way street. Because we're supposed to receive these, but we're also supposed to give them away. And again, I just want to end with this. How much would our world be different if we live this as a church? <laughs> I've talked to a lot of servers in restaurants over the years. And um, it's funny how they hate Sundays. They hate working Sundays. You know Why? <laughs> well, that's one reason. Christians don't tip, is what was said. But we can be really mean. And we normally, all, a lot of us go out to lunch after church. And so, we can just really be mean. What if we served our servers? I'm just bringing it up. Like I said, I'm speaking to myself. Man, our community needs this. Because what this does is it points them to Jesus. When we love people, it points them to Jesus. When we share joy with people, they're going to ask, why are you like this? In a good way. <laughs> right? In a good way. Man, just if we're patient with people, if we're just kind and we're good, and we're faithful to them, even when they mess up and they hurt our feelings, we're still faithful to them, and to be gentle with them, and then to show people what self-control really can look like. Because in our culture today, self-control has been thrown out the window. Because we have everything we need on that stupid little square thing that we keep in our pockets that we... I'm talking cell phones, just in case you're not tracking with me. <laughs> just want to make sure you're with me, okay? Because I don't know about you, but if I leave the house and I'm three blocks away, and I'm like, what do I do? Oh, I have to turn around. There's no way I could leave my house without my cell phone. I haven't read my Bible for two weeks, but, whoo, got to have my cell phone. Did I step on your toe? Yeah, I know. I actually stepped on my own toes. But how different would it be? How different would we be if we just receive, these, receive this, right? And walk in it and live it? But then how different would our communities be, our homes would be? Let's pray. God, you do give us everything we need to live this life. Everything. 
God, you hold nothing back for us because we're your kids and you love us and you care for us. Help us to walk in them. Help us to receive them. Help us to live them. Open our eyes. Give us new eyes, Jesus, to see what you see. To look at people and see what you see. God, open our hearts to to feel what is happening around us. Soften our hearts so, so we feel the joy. We feel the excitement, but we also feel the loss and we feel the pain. And so we, we can walk with people with you. Help us to, to be you here now. That's what you call us to be. You call us to be you here now. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Blessings, church. We love you.